um, today marks the, the, the first Sunday in, in, in Advent. Um, and uh, what we're going to do is, is uh, uh, talk about that and what, what Advent is and, and why we should celebrate it, why we observe this, this time. Um, but you also notice up here is we have our Advent uh, candles. So uh, I want to go through something that uh, we started, um, I think it was last year we really started doing this. But we, I mean, we've, done, we've done it a couple other times. Um, is just give you a, a reading, and we're going to have a, a lighting of the candle, and then we're going to have a prayer, and then we'll get into really the, the, the meat of what I want to talk about uh, today. So um, lighting of the candle, it's, it's simple, yet it's, it's profound. Um, it's a testimony to the power of light over darkness. Anybody who has ever lit a candle um, understands what, uh, what, what that small flame can do. Uh, it, when, when the power goes out and we have no electricity, when you, when you light that, 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 that small flame, it can illuminate um, that which is around it. Uh, and most of the time what we do, uh, I mean, I guess we're spoiled right now because the, the majority, uh, if, you're, if, if everybody were to, to, to really think about this, the majority you probably wouldn't light a candle, right? What would you do? Thank you. That's what my wife, my wife just hit on the head. Cell phone. Everybody grab out their cell phone and turn their light on their cell phone. Because, so it, it's kind of a, of, a, of a lost art, but what we, what we don't need to do is lose the real uh, intention and the purpose behind um, what, what, it, what that candle, that light uh, does. The, the light of the candle it reveals our faces uh, when we stand near the candle. Uh, th- these lights all around us right here, it illuminates the whole room. But when you, when you have a candle in a dark place and, and it's in front of, in front of you, it, it illuminates your face. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a symbol. When, when we light this candle, it's a symbol of something. Not, not only are we near to the candle, but something else is near uh, to us. And when I say something else, the, uh, the thing is Christmas Day. The one is Jesus Christ. So, so understand that as we light the candle, we begin our journey towards Christmas Day so we can uh, celebrate uh, Jesus Christ. Now, the first candle which we are going to light today is a prophecy candle. Now, the prophecy candle, it opens the period that anticipates Christmas. And we're going to talk about this in in, in great extent today. But it opens the period in which it anticipates, I can't even say that word today, anticipates Christmas and remembers those who uh, spoke first of the promise. Uh, the promise of what? The promise of the coming Christ child. So when we light this candle, this, it, it's a, a symbolic action of those who have prophesied or those who prophesied for uh, thousands of years before Jesus w- was born. Um, it's symbolizing uh, their, their promise and their prophetic message. So I do have a, a, a lighter that they hid, I guess, from me. I was going to have uh, Gabe do this today, but I, I don't think that would have been a good idea. I asked him, which was awesome. It's a good answer. He, he asked, I said, Gabe, do you know how to light a lighter? No? Good. Keep it that way. <laughs> um, but uh, no, when we light this candle, we're, we're, we're lighting the, the, the prophecy candle, and we're remembering uh, the, the, those who went uh, before us who have, who have prophesied. And that's not a word in which we, we talk about a lot, uh, but um, when I say we, the, our society, but we, we use the word promise. 
So there's a lot of promises that, that took place before Christ was born. And those promises were that, hey, he is going to uh, be born. So as we observe this time today, that I just wanted us to get into that type of, of mode mentally. So pray with me as, as, we, uh, as we think about this. Father, as we... Um, as we come into this, this first day, this first Sunday, um, as we journey towards and we are uh, joyfully anticipating uh, Christmas, God, we ask that we can uh, just have hearts that are, that are open to what it is that, that um, you want to remind us of. First and foremost, for, first and foremost uh, remind us of the birth of your son. But God, as we know about the birth of your son and as we uh, remember that, that first advent, we want to look forward to uh, the, that second advent. So, so God, as we, as we come together and as we have done this symbolic act of, of lighting the candle, uh, God, um, we, we ask that you, you light a, a fire inside of us uh, or, or spread spark something, rekindle something. So in, in the next few minutes, as we uh, rehash some, some things, or, or maybe it's new for some, uh, that we can just draw closer, closer to you. So Lord, through it all, as always, uh, we ask all glory, all honor, all praise is yours. And we praise in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. So uh, I, I just want to, to make this... Um, Really, I don't want to say brief, but I think that uh, when when we come together, especially at times like this, uh, we we got busyness of 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 um, life going on around us. Uh, we we made it through Black Friday. Uh, I think I might have said something about that that last Sunday because um, I know that some of you are nuts enough to go out on Black Friday. Uh, my wife did. Um, it wasn't bad, she says. Okay. There's a reason they call it Black Friday, because all the evil comes out at that time, right? But, but anywho, there, there's, a lot of, uh, there, there's a lot of hustle and a lot of bustle of, of this season. Um, just like when Dan prayed, that there's a lot of people have a lot of, of feelings and emotions that are attached to this season. Some of those aren't, aren't good. So what I want us to do is, I, I don't, I don't want to say I want us to minimize, because I don't want to minimize our, our, our feelings and our attachments, but what I want to do is I want to maximize our attachment, our feelings towards God during this season. Uh, because during this season, um, it, 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 this is the season where um, if you're ever going to you know, invite someone to church, uh, this is the season they're more apt to come to church because they know that, that, that something is ahead of us, this day in which they get up and they get a whole bunch of presents and everything. And what you can do is, hey, we're learning about why we, um, why, why we celebrate this day. Uh, you don't have to tell them that we learn about that every Sunday. Uh, just You can tell them, hey, this is the Advent season, um, and, and they're more apt to come to, to, to learn about, okay, you know, what was Charlie Brown really uh, talking about when he uh, w- was reading that, that Bible verse? Come on, are we live today? <laughs> Woo! All right. So what I want to do is we just let, let's just do this. Let's just break it down. Let's talk about um, Advent and get this out of the way for the next uh, four weeks. Um, and uh, then we'll, we'll kind of build from there. So what, what does Advent mean? Uh, because uh, when, when some of us, if I would ask you what does it mean, um, you would say I, I, it's that time of year that we just kind of light candles. So we light stuff on fire. Uh, some of you light stuff on fire a lot, but uh, we light stuff on fire and we just say, you know, this is we're waiting for Jesus. Yes, it is. But what, what does Advent truly mean? It just means the coming. It comes from the, the, the Latin Adventus, which means coming. So, so think about this. When we're in the Advent season, we're in the season of, of, of coming here. 
So the, the tradition um, of celebrating this, the, the tradition is we're celebrating the first coming of Jesus. Um, okay, help me out. Just, just amuse me here for a minute. What was the first coming of Jesus? His birth in Bethlehem as a baby, right? Six pounds, eight, or eight pounds, six ounces, little baby Jesus in gold fleece diapers, right? Are we? Come on. Come on. It's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, come on. Yeah, Ricky Bobby me. Let's go. So um, the first coming is when he was born in human flesh. That is the first coming in which we, we, we look to and we remember, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop there. And I think that that's where a lot of people, and I'm not saying you, I'm saying like your family and your friends who know a little bit about, um, about church tradition, they'll say, yeah, Advent's about looking at what happened in Jesus' birth. Yes, but that's only half of it. Advent is looking at what happened, but also, so we're looking at the, the, the first coming, but we're, we're looking towards and anxiously awaiting the second coming. Because Jesus says, and I love this, I mean, it's one of those dummy moments. That, you know, Jesus, if, if you want to, to see some good sarcasm, righteous sarcasm, um, look, at, Jesus has some of that. He, he says, you know, I'm going away and I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the Father and, and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And, and the, the little, the, the, the little uh, addition there, it says, uh, uh, if I go, that means I'm coming back. If I go and I'm going to spend my time working on, on building a place for you, I'm coming back to get you. Well, that's the hope in which we have. That is what, what we have to understand is why we come together is to learn about, yes, Jesus came and he, was, uh, um, he, he lived a, a sinless life. He, he lived a life in which uh, was a model for us. Yes, he was a good person, all of that stuff. But he was more than that. He was the savior of the world. He died a death in which we should have, which we should have died. But it's not just he died. And he rose again, and now he's up somewhere we don't know, up in the, the clouds with the Care Bears and stuff like that. No? Oh, oh, okay. So it's not that he's just up somewhere and like, poof, gone. It says, I'm going to prepare a place to, for you, and because I go, that means I'm going to come back and I'm going to get you. That's the hope in which we have. That's what we were anxiously awaiting. Some, some would say that, well, I, you know, the end of the world's coming, and you know, all this bad stuff's going to happen. But think about this. The, the end is when Jesus comes back. And when Jesus comes back, it says he's going to gather his people up. That, that, that's us. He's going to gather his people up and he's going to take us to be with him forever. That, that, that is not something to gloom and doom and be one of these, these doomsday preppers about, right? This is, I, I, I'm not saying you, you, you uh, expedite that, 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 um, that, 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 that wait there. No, you wait patiently and, and you do what it is that God wants you to do during this time of anticipation and anticipating his return. So as, as we think about this season, we, we also have to understand there's no biblical mandate to this. You don't have to observe Advent. But I would say, if you truly believe in Jesus and what he has done and what he has said, you would want to observe Advent. Because you would want to remember what he has done and remember that he's coming back. Why would you want to? Some, some sitting here like, I don't really want to. Why would you not want to? Just look around the world in which we live in. You want this forever? 
No, we, we anticipate a time where, where it says that there's no more pain, no more suffering, no more tears. So we're going to be with him and we're not going to have to deal with all this stuff in which we deal with now. There's a time in which we have to look forward to because if this is all it's about, if this time that we're on earth is all, you know, after this and the poof, we're gone. Well, you know, all life is vanity then. So, so we have to have a hope. We have to have something to, to look forward to. So even though the Bible doesn't mandate that you have to observe this Advent season, why would you not want to observe this Advent season? Like I said, this season, it's a time for remembering. It's a time for rejoicing. But it's also time for watching and waiting. Now, now we need to, to wait on the Lord. The Bible tells us to, to wait on the Lord. Waiting on the Lord is not sitting on our thumbs, doing nothing. It's actively waiting. What, what does God want you to do? What does he put on your heart to how, how, how you can serve him, how you can engage with him? Because you can engage with God. And some people say, well, God's not really in, in my life. Well, it's because you're not engaging with him. Well, I thought God was going to engage with me. It, 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 it's, it's a weird and beautiful thing all at the same time. God's not going to press himself on you. He's going to wait for you to approach him. And when you approach him, as we actively wait, as we, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Then that's when the, 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 the beautiful dance starts happening. The engagement of, okay, okay, this is what I want you to do. I, w- I want you to, to do this, or I want you to take this gift and, 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 make, and bless this person, or whatever. This season helps stir that up. Because we have taken the, what uh, the wise men started a long time ago with giving of gifts, and we have centralized that as the season of, this is a season of giving, like these material possessions, and that's what this is all about. No, we should give, and especially your pastor. You should give, right? To your, just say, uh, I like gifts, um, but no. You, but the, the giving is just an expression of what what God has given us, what what He's doing in us. So it's not the the the, the gift in which we give; it's the heart in which we have to give, because God has given us the most precious gift ever. So, and I tell people this all the time, if God, God has given us his son, so he's given us this gift that we, that can we uh, uh, compare it to it? No, we can't compare it to what God has given us, but God has given us his best. Why would we not give him our best in, in everything we do from the, the smallest of things to the biggest of things? I think that this time of year helps us remember that and helps us to, to if we've been kind of falling off, the, the, off track and, and all year long, this is the time of year that we can, okay, well, let's get refocused now. God has given me. I want to give him. I want to give other, I want to be the light to others. Uh, um, something that, that was, uh, I don't know who said it, some, one of those really smart guys that wears there's glasses on the end of his nose and surrounds himself with books all the time. It says this, During Advent, believers are, and I added should be, reminded of how much we ourselves also need a Savior. And we look forward to our Savior's second coming, even as we prepare to celebrate His first coming. So, so, so think about it. As believers, we, we should be in this, this, this mindset, this, this mode of, okay, we, we're remembering, but we're, we're, we're looking. We're, we're uh, um, preparing. That's the big word I wanted to look at, is, is preparing. 
how many, and don't raise your hands and don't tell me how, but how many of you are preparing for Jesus' second coming? As you prepare for Christmas coming up, like, or I should say, in light of like what you're doing, because I'm sure the ladies here, some guys too, would say, yeah, I've got this going on, we're cooking this turkey, and we're doing this type of pie, and this type of this, and you're, that, that's preparing. As much effort as you prepare for this day, that, that, that your family is going to come over, your friends are going to come over, whatever it is, and I'm not saying that's bad, that's good, I, I love a good preparation, uh, all the, 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 the time in which you're preparing for something that's going to, to, to come and then going to pass, think about that in light of eternity. What, what are we doing to prepare for Christ's second coming? As we celebrate this day, and, and I don't want anybody to, to, to feel bad or feel guilty. I just want this to be a, a spark. Like, I'm putting this much effort into making sure that when Aunt Ethel comes over, that she's not going to read me the right act, right? No, I'm hoping no one has an Aunt Ethel in here, right? So, but, but that's the thought process. You put all of this in so, so that, that this kid gets this gift and, and is so happy. We prepare for those things which are okay, but those things will pass. And, and what we, we need to understand is as much effort as we prepare for those things, we need to put effort into preparing for what truly matters and what is never going to pass. Eternity is forever. That, that, that time that we're going to be w w with God is, is for, forever. So, and I like how one preacher said this, like, if you look around the church and, and if there's a turmoil or controversy or, you know, people in the church, I can't stand so-and-so. Well, here's the deal. You, you better fix anything now and make things better because you, you might not want to be around them on Sunday. Some people are like, I'm going to church because so-and-so goes to church. Well, if, if, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to be with them forever. Patch things up now. <laughs> right? Because then, if not, forever is going to be a really long time. So I think in our minds, and that's just like one small funny example, but in our minds what we need to do is we need to take this time as a flashing, blinking light saying, okay, let's get things in order. We're preparing for Christmas Day. Let's prepare for the day of the Lord. Let's prepare for his return. In the lighting of the candle, and like I said, this is the prophecy candle, this was, uh, this symbolizes those who for thousands of years were preparing for the first coming. I use the term, uh, we, we, we use the term prophecy candle, but what we understand is that that's also the, the promises of God. Prophecy is the um, telling of what is going to happen. Just like when God tells us, uh, I'll never leave you or forsake you, that's, that's a prophecy, but that's a promise. And when we, we look at this, what we can understand is because we have evidence of, of God's, not that, that God has to prove stuff to us, so don't, so don't hear me on that, but because we have evidence of God fulfilling his promises of uh, sending his son, the Messiah, why would he, we not take, um, take up stock? How, how about uh, stand firm on the other promises in which God has given us? Again, this is that time of year that we can look to what has taken place 
Look then at what God has said that, that, we, that we can stand on and we can live in and say, because of his first coming, knowing that his second coming is, is going to happen, this time in between, we can stand on the promises in which God has given us. Uh, you, you can go to probably any Christian bookstore and get this little book that says it's like the 100 promises of God, which there's more than that in, in the Bible. But you can read those promises because I don't have time to go through every single promise in which God has given us. But what we need to do is we need to understand is when we're, when we're reading, not if we are, but when we are reading the Bible and the, and, the, and, it, and, and the Bible tells us, God tells us through his word that this is what's going to happen. We don't have to say, well, I wonder if this is going to happen. I use the example of him saying, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He, he, Jesus also says, you know, come to me all who labor or, or, or labor and heavy burden. I'll give you rest. Rest for your souls. He, he says that cast your, your cares, your anxieties on me. He says these things in, in promised fashion that if we, if we rest on them, if we stand on them, when you are stressed out or when you think you've had enough or whatever uh, those byproducts of, of this season that, that comes, comes about. I mean, everybody's like, well, I've worked all week and I've, you know, I, I, I've had to shop for this person. I had to do this and I'm getting ready for this. I, I, I get it. I, I, I understand all those things are, are, are real, but how are you dealing with those? Are you dealing with those on your own strength? Are you dealing with those on, on, on your own, under your own power? Or are you turning them over to the Lord? Well, how's God going to help me wrap gifts? I'm not saying that he's going to send an angel. I mean, Santa might send elves, but uh, come on now. I'm not saying that he's going to send an angel. I mean, Gabriel and, and, and Michael are not going to you know, be knocking on your door. Hey, we're here to wrap your gifts. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying, though, is that, that, that stress and that anxiety and that, that tension, that's what Jesus says that he'll give you rest for. That, 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 that barrier that keeps you from thinking straight and acting the way in which we should and not biting your wife's head off when she says something or your kids, or it, that's where, where, where we're going to understand it. The, the promise is that he's going to always be with us in and those situations. So I, I think that um, as, we, as we talk about this, this, this period that anticipates Christmas and remember those who first spoke of it, um, there are, are, are many prophecies, and I, I have a whole list here, but I don't, I don't really want to go through that whole list. What I want to do is I want to look at um, a, a, a particular passage in light of prophecies and God's fulfillment um, and, and what it is that we now should, should be doing and looking forward to. And that's in First uh, Peter chapter 1. Now, what I want us to, to, to do is kind of get the, our, you know, keep our, I should say, keep our, our, our thinking caps on. We're thinking about um, the, the, the prophecies and don't, don't look, and, and uh, I don't know if we touched on this in, in Sunday school, but we might have. Um, don't, don't look at the Bible as just some uh, old book. Like, uh, or uh, don't look at the Bible as something that, you know, these are just some good stories. Maybe they happened, maybe they didn't happen. Understand that, that, that what is written is written for a reason, written for a purpose. And as we're going to see here, why that is. But these are real people, real flesh and blood people that these real events happen to for a real reason. And, and here in First Peter uh, chapter 1, what we have is... Um, 
one of, one of my dudes, I, I love the Apostle Peter, and, and we've talked about that plenty of times before, I think. If you don't know why he's my dude, he's, he's a guy that um, <laughs> has a tendency to go off with his mouth before he really thinks about stuff and has to backtrack a little bit. Like he, he, he's the one that, that uh, when, when Jesus said that he was going to uh, be, be crucified, um, he's going to be captured, he's going to be murdered, and uh, Peter said, nah, not on my watch. I ain't ever going to let that happen to you. I, even if I have to die, I won't let that happen to you. And, and what does he do? Uh, yeah, three times when the servant girl comes up, aren't you with Jesus? Nope, don't know him. But then you just, uh, no. See, that sometimes what we do is we say a lot of things, but then when, when it comes down to the, that, that moment, we let our, our, our flesh speak and let, instead of letting the Spirit control us. Well, what, what I want to, I, the reason I say that is that there, there's a lot of that that we can read about in the Gospels. But what we need to do is when, when Peter writes this, he, it's later on in life. He's experienced a, a, a lot up until this point. This is before he, he, was, uh, um, he himself was crucified. Tradition tells us that he was crucified upside down. Um, so uh, this is before, and the reason he, he, he was uh, crucified upside down is he said he wasn't worthy to die the death in which his Savior died. So they, they turned the cross upside down. Anywho, um, but this is, this, is right, this is right before that. And he, he's talking to a bunch of, um, of believers that have been just spread throughout the world because of persecution. We, we may not endure a lot of persecution like, like, like what they, they did then. I mean, no, no one's losing their life here in, um, uh, in the United States unless some crazy comes in and, you know, does some evil stuff. But the, the government is not persecuting us. The, the, those who are supposed to be in control are not persecuting those who they're supposed to be in control of or over. But here, that's what's happening. And what he, he does is he writes these letters to these churches, to these, these believers, to encourage them. And I love how he, he, he starts uh, the, the, the letter out, but I want to jump down, uh, for sake of time, down to uh, verse 8. Because in, in, in verse 8, um, th- this, I think, really hits a string. With, I know it hits, it hits a chord with me, but I think with, with all of us, because it, it, it speaks directly to our situation. Verse 8, it says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Pause there for a second. He, he, he says here um, to these churches, I, I know you haven't seen him. Peter spent some time with Jesus. So Peter saw Jesus. Not only did he see Jesus in his ministry, he saw him in his, his crucifixion, and he saw him in his resurrection. And he's saying, I get it. You haven't seen him. But, but he doesn't just say, well, you know, you should just, just believe me. He says, Even though you haven't seen him, and that's how you can kind of translate that, even though you haven't seen him, you love him. And I would say that that would be where we need to be, especially at this time of season as believers, is when somebody says to us or a brother or sister comes up to us and says, you know, I know you haven't seen Jesus, but I know you love him. Jesus himself says, well, how, 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 we can ask the question, how do people know that we love Jesus, or we're disciples of him. And how does Jesus answer that? By loving what you have for one another, by the fruit in which you bear. 
So there's evidence here when when Peter's writing this, he says, though you have not seen him, you love him. There's evidence here in the the church that um, the, 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 the people are doing something to, to, to be stirred up to show that they love Jesus. Now, I will be the first one to make sure we put this big uh, uh, asterisk right here by this to say it's not about um, what you do to show how, how much you love Jesus. It's not, okay, I'm giving this or I'm doing this or look at me, pat me on the back. No, should we do good works? Absolutely. The Apostle Paul tells us that we're made to do good works. But it's not those good works that gets us closer to Jesus. It's because we're close to Jesus that we do the good works. And, and that's what he, he, here he, he's, he's uh, emphasizing. I've seen what you've done. Think, think about this. If, if Peter was writing to, to us today, let, let's, let's say um, as, a, as a church body, would he write, even though you haven't seen him, I know you love him. And then, if he was writing to you on an individual basis, would he say, I know you haven't seen him, but you love him? Because no one can answer that. I shouldn't say no one should answer it. You should answer that for yourself. Don't think about your husband. Don't think about your wife. Don't think about your kids. Think about you. If somebody were to say, I know you haven't seen him, but I know that you love him, would that be true? Would that be true? Would they say that of you? He goes on to say, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice. So it's not just, yep, I believe in Jesus. There's a visibleness, a hope that is there, not in themselves, not in ourselves, but it says that we rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible. Can you explain what heaven's going to be like? No, we get some glimpses. Do we know what it's going to be like to be with Jesus? No, but we get some glimpses. It's inexpressible, but we know it's filled with glory. Why do we know it's filled with glory? Because he's there. And then it goes on to say, Obtain, obtaining the outcome of your faith. Uh, well, well, here, some, some would say, well, I don't, I don't understand what it means to obtain the outcome of our faith. I thought the faith was all we really need. Well, understand it, it is the faith that, um, that, that, that we have that guarantees us the salvation that is going to come. Understand when the Bible is talking about salvation, yes, when we give our life to Christ, that salvation has taken place on, on, on that spiritual level. But there's a physical salvation that's going to take place when Jesus comes back to take his people with him. The, the, the physical salvation, we're being taken out of the, the mess that, that, that's all around us that we call earth, right, in, in society and everything. Where we're being saved from that. Salvation is just the act of being saved, the act of being saved from. So we're being saved from that. And here he says that it's because of the outcome of our faith that that's going to take place. So why do I say that? Because it's faith that is going to keep you. And he says further on, it's going to guard us until that day of salvation. Because you, me, on my own, I can't just be strong. Just be strong and you can make it through. No, it's your faith in Jesus Christ that is going to help you and is going to guard you until the day in which he comes back. Because you can't keep you saved. Saved from what? You can't keep you saved from the wrath of God. From, from You can't keep you from sinning. You can't keep you from 
are, are we responsible and do we have, do we have to uh, do we have to take responsibility in that? Absolutely, but it's only because of the faith that we have in God and the power in which He has given us through His Spirit, the Spirit that dwells inside of us, that we can be guarded, we can be kept until the day of coming, His coming, till the day of His second coming, the second advent. And that's what he is stressing here. And he goes on to say in verse 10, concerning this salvation, and this is where we bring in the prophecy candle. It says, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was uh, to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the, sub- and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were, hear this, this is, this is huge. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. And the things that you have now, that, that, that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. Think about this for a second. He, he says that, that, that the reason that the prophets prophesied Look there, look there in, in verse 12. The, the, the reason for all this, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you. The, the reason that they were saying, hey, get ready, the Messiah is coming. And, and, and the reason that, that we have God's word and saying, get ready, Jesus is coming again. It, it's not for the one who is proclaiming, it's, one, it's for the one who is being proclaimed to. And I say that, it's, it's not that as I stand up here and I proclaim the gospel to you and the, the good news, because that's what it is, the, the, the good news to you that it's, it's not for me, like I'm holier. No, what it is is I, I'm secure in this. I understand that, that, that what it is that I am prophesying, what it is that I am telling you is not for my benefit. It's not like Jesus is up in, up in heaven going, man, Lee's killing it today. No, he, he's not saying, yeah, I'm glad he's on my team. No, no, it, it, it's, it's for the fact that the hearers can then take that good news and then transfer that on and be, be then the one who is telling that same good news. So it, it, it's that it, it goes on and on. So it's not, it's not that, that, that my proclamation, as like the, 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 the prophets here, it's not that the prophet's proclamation was for themselves to say, Hey, I did my duty. I told him. No, it, it was uh, so that the, the, um, the, 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 the gift, the end goal, the outcome was for those who were hearing the good news. So, so don't, and, and, and I hope I don't muddy that in the sense that is it important to, to tell? It is vitally important to tell, but it's not important, as important for you to be, because some would say, I'm just going to be obedient and, and, and tell other people about God. Yes, you should, but it's not for the sense for you to just say, check, I was obedient. It's for the eternalness and, and the effect on the, the individual who's hearing it, soul. Because that's what the, it's, it's not for the prophets who are, who are prophesying. It's, to, it's those who in which they are serving. So, so think about that as we're entering and as we've, 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 we've lit the candle, as we're in this season, as we're reading about all of this stuff that happened. That in which it happened is not for those to say, yep, I was just a part of that. Like, like Peter to say, yep, I saw him. 
I, I, I was there, you know, I was at the tomb and it was empty. I'm a good dude. No, he says all of this, he writes all of this for us. For those who are going through some times that are like, man, this is just some crazy stuff. I've got some crazy family that's going to be coming over or whatever it may be. Maybe y'all don't have crazy families. My, my sister does. Oh. I'm just saying. But, but it, it's during that, 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 those, those times that we're just like, man, I don't know how I'm going to endure this. You're going to endure this. You're able to endure this. And you should understand that the serving in which you're doing, the living in which you are doing, the obedience in which you are doing, it's not for you. It's for those around you. Because I had an old guy tell me one time that you may be the only Bible that someone reads. That, 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 and, and that hit because there, there are times when, when people are going to see you and they're like, well, that's not the Bible, that's a comic book, right? <laughs> what we need to understand is that, that we need to be that light because our obedience, and, and please, I hope that you're not hearing me that like I'm minimizing our obedience to God. No, our obedience to God is not minimized. What we have to understand is, should we be obedient? Absolutely. But it's not just for us. It's for those around us. Those who are, are seeing us, those who are hearing us. So when we talk about the Advent and we're talking about the first coming and we say, that's great, that's awesome, we love that. But what really matters is, I'm, am I ready for the second? The first happened so the second can take place. So, so not only am I remembering and reflecting on them, on this, am I watching, am I waiting? Am I looking to, towards, am I preparing for the second coming? That's where I want us to, to, to be in this time of year for the next four weeks in this Advent season is am I preparing for the second coming of the Lord?